Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Greetings. Hey, thanks for joining me here on the Do Business Better podcast. Got a great show for you today because I got a great guest. He's an entrepreneur extraordinaire. He operates in a in a rural area doing a lot of interesting stuff. His name is Jay Hill. If you're on Instagram, he's an Instagram star uh, and influencer. Uh, he's also, you know what, if you ever said something about the uh, the top end edge of the millennials, uh, how they're lazy, live with their parents, uh, this is absolutely not the case. This dude uh, has it going on and uh, he's got an interesting story. That's why he's on here today. His name is Jay Hill. He's going to tell you about his companies. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I just moved out of my parents' basement last week. Yeah, right. So, uh, so here's the deal. If, uh, if you're listening or if you're watching, because now the Do Business Better podcast is not just an audio, it's also a video on my playlist on The Mason Comedy. That's my YouTube channel, hearkening back to my political comedy days. The Mason Comedy is my YouTube channel. You can find me there. And you can watch this video. And if you are watching it, you'll see that Jay is sitting in his car with his family outside of a Walmart because they, storms rip through his rural area and he has lost his internet connection. So, uh, to, to do his business today, he drove an hour and a half to find a signal. So anyway, thanks for all the effort you're making. Appreciate you doing it. Hey, no problem. Okay. So you've got a company called Chaff Hay. You have three different farms and you have a, uh, a, a farm that also does grapes for wine. So you've got a lot going on and you started when you were like a teenager. That's what's neat about your story. You, you didn't even actually have an agricultural background, but you just started into agriculture as a kid. Give me the background. Yeah, so uh, I guess you'd say my, my ag career started at 16. My dad grew up on a farm in Tennessee as a tobacco farmer and uh, and hated it, did not want to be a part of agriculture, uh, decided the only way to get out of Tennessee was to either be really good at math or be really good at football. Uh, so he blended both together and went to uh, Texas Western in El Paso, which is now UTEP, and uh, played football, got his degree out there. Uh, long story short, after Vietnam and all of that, uh, he ended up back out in southern New Mexico, and uh, and then that's where I kind of bumbled along. He worked for a technical school company as a recruiter and really, really, really did a great job with that. Um, had the perfect little suburbia setup. We had 10 acres. Um, I'm the youngest of five, and uh, with that 10 acres, I just always kept reminding my dad, hey, I would really like to do something with it. I'd like to be in agriculture. I'd like to farm. Uh, against uh, his judgment, you know, we put some things together. He asked me to, to build a business plan if I was going to be a farmer. And so I came up with a business plan. And the next thing you know, uh, 16 years old, I planted my first crop of onions and fast forward to today and we're blowing and going all over the country. Yeah, that's great. So you started off by as a 16 year old, you got you got you had a little bit of land there behind the house. and You said, I'm gonna grow onions. And then uh, you also worked for a big produce company, right? When you were a teenager? Correct. So I went, uh, we, we planted onions. And I went to work for a produce company, uh, just because 10 acres obviously wasn't going to survive for a job. Um, and I started actually loading onions on the docks, uh, and then got from the point of that to working into the office and working in the brokerage. And that was amazing. That was, a, that was kind of where my first taste of money was, uh, where I started to actually make real money at a young age. 
and and I thought, okay, this is this is something that I I can do that I want to get a get into, be a part of, and uh, it didn't take long for me to figure out that uh, that I wanted to kind of build my own model of that, uh, not necessarily in onions, but just in in business and understanding money works and how money moves and how people work and how people move, and putting some of those things together. Uh, I've made a lot of mistakes, but I've, but I've had some pretty nice victories along the way as well. All right. So now you've, you've learned a lot. You've been doing this for 20 years because you're like 35, 36 years old. And you've got three farm, different farm uh, umbrellas. Uh, you've got one that does produce. You've got one that does more commodity stuff. Tell me a little bit about the operation, what it all looks like. Yeah. So we've got on the, on the different farms, we've got my, where I started Hill Farms, uh, which is, which is a lot of, you know, pecans and cattle and things like that. Uh, sorry, little one's been in the car for a while. And then, and then we've got uh, Dell Valley Ranch Management, which is large scale, uh, lots of cotton, lots of alfalfa. Uh, we grow chili peppers and small grains and things like that. And that's kind of the meat and potatoes, if you will, no pun intended or pun intended, uh, of, of off spurts, offshoots of this business. Then we have Chaffee, the feed company, and uh, and through that we have a hay brokerage where we can we can buy and sell hay to either large feedlots and dairies or uh, feed stores all across the country. Yeah, and so this Chaffee is the most recent one. And you know, this is not great. I met you in an agricultural setting, but people that listen to this podcast aren't agricultural people. They could be agricultural people. It doesn't matter. What I like about your story is obviously it's entrepreneurial and the fact that you just said I'm going to keep growing. I'm going to keep going and growing and 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 expanding. Um, You've got a policy or a, shall I say a management philosophy that you have employees, but you don't have all of them report to you. Tell me about that. Absolutely. So I think early on when you, whenever you start to develop a business, the biggest thing that you want to do is you want to have full control of your business, which in, in my mind now, looking back is the worst idea. Um, yes, I do want to be active in every department, but at the same time, I don't want to be the one that has to worry about calling the shots every single day. Um, I'm extremely dyslexic. I'm ADD. Uh, I go in and sit there and try to micromanage people. I'm, I'm more than likely bound to transpose things and, uh, and have a lot more mistakes. I've been a part of a micromanaged operation before. And I remember just as an employee sitting there saying, okay, if I'm going to do this, then I don't want to micromanage. I took it to an extreme on the other side and said, everybody runs free. We're millennials and that bit me in the butt. So now we're kind of back at this spot where as I've built a management team, one manager does not have more than six people that have to report to him. There's, there's stages that go all the way through that. So for me, when I sit down at a management meeting, there's no more than six, six guys there. Okay. So you yeah. got no, no more than six people report to you. Uh, how many employees total are there between all the operations? Now I think we've got about a hundred and almost 130. Okay. That's a lot. That's a lot going on. It's a lot of payroll going out the door. Do you get stressed? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> but at the same time, you, why wouldn't you get stressed when you have an opportunity like this? Money doesn't keep me up at night. Expansion is what keeps me up at night. You know, uh, what because, is once, is it because you think, yeah, once you start the ball rolling, is it because you're expanding too much? No, you think I don't you should expand more. No, I, I think, uh, expansion scary in two ways in the fact that you're, you're essentially having the leap of faith that you're going to jump out there and try something new, uh, which 99% of the time is not new. Somebody else has been there and screwed up somehow. So let's just kind of figure out the, the keys of that. But then two, 
uh, for a viable business to, to continue to grow uh, or a viable business to stay in business, you've got to continue to grow. There are so many people that say, well, you kind of find your niche in a market and then you sit in a niche in a market and you just do it better than everybody else. In my opinion, my mind doesn't work that way. Find the niche, exploit the niche, sell the niche, build a bigger niche. You know, so we just keep keep the ball rolling. And at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm getting to a point in one of my businesses where now competitors that are much larger than I am are starting to take, you know, starting to look at what I'm doing and they're saying, oh, okay, we need to start looking at what this business model is. So I'm feeling pressure from that side. So I'm saying, all right, they're able to duplicate, duplicate what I'm doing. I need to make sure that I can differentiate myself in the market. Uh, and I need to do that bigger, faster, stronger than they can. And then I need to sell it and get out of it. So do you see yourself selling the businesses you currently have eventually? I, everything I have is for sale except for family, of course. Um, <laughs> at the same time, I, I won't make a decision on selling a business. And I've, I've got lots of business partners too. So I think one of the biggest things that we have to do is make sure that we don't, we don't ask of our employees what we're not willing to give. Um, I talk to my, my, my partners and say, hey, we're, we've got an option to sell. Um, if it's going to make money, then everybody that's a part of our team makes money. And so that way there's not a fear of, uh, of an employee saying, well, they're just going to do this and they're going to turn around and sell it. If you've been with us from the beginning and if you put the, the elbow grease in, you're going to walk off in the sunset just like we do. It might not be the same zeros behind the check, but at the same time, you'll see benefit. You said that you had a mistake uh, in your management style. Uh, at one point, you micromanaged, and then you were two hands off, and then you came up with this new thing, have six people, no more than six people that are in charge of other stuff under you. What other mistakes did you make besides micromanaging and then being too loose? Well, one thing, I mean, ego is always something. When it, whenever you start to find success, especially when you're young, you start finding success and it's like, well, yeah, it's all me. I'm the one that built this thing. Um, yeah, you might have had the most elbow grease and you might have, you know, knocked the, the hide off of most of your knuckles. But at the same time, actually having an attitude of saying, okay, I'm still moldable and I can make changes. Uh, I know that I can make mistakes, but I can bounce back from them. Um, I, I, this was in the ag sector where I just focused solely on one crop. I made a crap load of money the year before I teed it up to do the same thing again. And just like agriculture and its normal self, we cannibalize a market mm. and, uh, it got, it got cannibalized and, uh, and I ended up losing my shirt and almost filed bankruptcy. And uh, it was great. I mean, it's the greatest training that, uh, that I'll ever get, you know, just because something works one year doesn't mean that you can, can sit there and do it. it's definition of insanity. You know, so, I, I like that you first off, uh, you know, you got a lot going on. You're not an egomaniac. You have a certain degree of confidence as we all do that have, have to run our own business. And I got to tell you, there's something what you said, I, I was sitting there identifying myself Granted, mine was in showbiz, but I was in movies and I was killing it as a political comedian back in my 20s, late 20s. And I remember thinking, hell, this is easy. I got this. And it took right. some serious, serious setbacks. I mean, I didn't take that. I, I, I probably would have. But once you go through a bunch of setbacks, you start. I see people that are 28, like I was, that are killing it. And they have such an maybe too much confidence <laughs> and you're like, you know, you might get your, you might get your ass handed to you here. And I don't wish that upon you. I just know how things work. And I know that I have confidence now, but I guess I've got more of an understanding that, Hey, it's not always easy. 
uh, there's going to be some troubling moments here. And, and it's a very humbling, but like you said, it's the most, it's the best tuition you'll ever pay. Yeah. And the, the biggest thing about that too, is we all hear the success stories. So you always, there's always a guy that's younger, better looking, makes more money, does everything right, you know, and you're just like, God, if I could just align myself with that person, if I could just be like that guy. And then once life slaps you in the face hard enough, or when business slaps you in the face hard enough, then you're like, who cares about that guy? I want to survive. And then after I've gotten my survival out of my head that I can, I'm like, all right, I need to rebuild myself, but actually thinking about how do I make myself into who I want to be, not trying to paint myself into somebody else or some other business's picture. Well, Jay, I'm 15 years older than you, and I think what you just uh, defined, what you just stated right there, is kind of a maturity thing. Where you say, "I'm pretty comfortable." You know, uh, Jay's 15 years younger than me. He's all those things. He's successful, except for the looks. I don't think you're better looking than me, but I don't know. You guess what? I'm way better than looking. Yeah. <laughs> but but the maturity, the maturity, and where you'll be happier in life, I think, for anybody listening to this podcast, is when you you stop just always worrying about the competition and say, but what do I want for me? What do I want for my wife, my children? You know, that's where I think it's, uh, it's really good. All right. That, that's the hardest part though. <laughs> that, mean, without a mean, doubt what you said, I mean, it's it, that being able to actually say that and say, you know what, I'm going to stop worrying about the competition and, and do mine. It's good to think about the competition, but at the same time, if you're going to let the competition, you know, dictate what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, I've done that. Oh my gosh. You don't go anywhere. Yeah, you're well, more, to copy somebody. Yeah. More important, it's hard to be happy. You know, it's a little bit like I made a you know business out of being on a stage. And if your personal happiness is uh, predicated on whether or not that audience loved you or didn't love you, you're going to end up being you know really unhappy. I think it was uh, Matthew McConaughey in a video I saw said, uh, instead of striving for happiness, just strive for joy in the work. And I think that's a pretty interesting thing, you know, joy in the work. You like what you do and you find a certain amount of joy in what you do, building, creating. Uh, but I don't know that your happiness is going to be um, only because you beat somebody or did better than somebody because that's, that's a pretty sad situation to be in. Exactly. All right. Let's look at your, let's look at your other uh, aspects of what you do. What'd you get right? Was it the expansion mindset? Was it the, I'm going to learn and then move and grow? What, what things did you get right? Um, I married the right woman. That's helpful. That is one thing. I can say that she's back there tending to the kids. Um, but at the same time, I think, I think the one thing that I did get right is people are scared to death of change. And if you're willing to embrace that change and if you're willing to hang it out there, not stupidly, not saying I'm going to go and buy a pool cleaning business in the middle of February in Antarctica, right. if you're willing to take a chance on, on something that you know you can prove, um, that you can do something that's bigger, better, faster, stronger, more efficient, uh, that there, there's enough margin in there to make money, I think I've found those. Um, and then one thing that I really, I wouldn't say pride myself, but I'm, I'm, I've, I've found good people. Mm-hmm. And, and building a good, solid team um, has been all the difference in the world. Being able to rely on people that, you know, people are like, well, Jay, you're a farmer, but you're not really a farmer. You're more of a business. But what, what do you do? And I said, I'm, I'm a people person. That's, that's what my job is. Um, I can't weld better than a certified welder, but I guarantee you I can build a business plan to hire a certified welder. Um, and then the work that we do as a team is better than whatever else somebody else does. So, so what I've really worked hard at is just employment, employing the right people for the right tasks, 
Um, and those things have been extremely rewarding. And that, those are things that I've gotten right. I've hired the wrong person. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I've, I've, I've hired a lot of right ones. Uh, when you had the wrong person, did that person leave because they knew it wasn't a fit or did you have to say it's time for you to move on down the road? Well, I think that's something that, that I'll continue to face. Like when with some of those people that I put in the wrong spot, um, it's a really, it's still to this day, how do you get that person out of the, out of their funk or how do you get them out of the business? And, uh, and, and ensuring that you're doing a good job of hiring the right people. Um, I start to use tools. I use predictive index from Mindwire actually based right there in Scottsdale um, that, that give me kind of a, a roadmap of what a person's personality is like. So I understand what my management strategy needs to be like. Um, and so if we do have people that are in the wrong spot at the wrong time, then, uh, then we make those, those corrections and uh, can get them out of there. Uh, a couple, two last things. Uh, you've mentioned the word business plan a few times. A lot of my folks I have on here don't have business plans. And I always point out that uh, goals and vision are more important than business plans, but you have business plans. You do subscribe to business plans, but I'm betting it's not like the old fashioned one where it was supposed to be for seven years because you don't move that long term, right? No, I'm, I'm way too loosey goosey for that. So what's your business um, plan? Which is not a good two years. Everything, everything is based off of a year, three year, five year, ten year. Um, ten years a goal, five years a vision, three years a plan, one years is is what's going to happen. Execution. And so if it doesn't, yeah. And if if you can't execute in that year, then we're off. Mm -hmm. All right. Last question. By the way, his name is Jay Hill. You can find him on Instagram. Uh, what's your Instagram handle? It's a uh, Hill J H I L L J A Y four five. And then also, he's, uh, he's got a company called Chaffay. That's the card I'm holding right here, the business card he gave me, Chaffay. It's C-H-A-F-F-H-A-Y-E, Chaffay. Uh, how else can they find you? If they want to they look you up, if they want to be on your podcast, if they want to come and check out your farm, where, where should these find, people find you? Yeah, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, I don't do a whole lot on LinkedIn. And actually, Instagram is just kind of the easiest thing for me to manage one thing. Um, we're still in a huge growth phase right now. And so my time is taken up between two young kiddos, uh, smoking hot wife and a very active business plan. And you've got, so your own, and you've got a podcast. To, yeah, we do have a podcast called out here in the middle. It's, and, and it's uh, going to start, it's going to be launching in April. It's called what? Out here in the middle. Okay, perfect. All right. This is your last question. Uh, and then I'm going to ask you for a piece of advice. Last question is real simple. If I gave you four more hours per week, I could pull them out of the sky and give them to you. How would you use those four hours? Four more hours. I would use those to exercise. Okay. And then lastly, piece of advice, knowledge, personal lesson that you in your entrepreneurial career have uh, lessened. One thing, if you said, hey, here's this young person starting out uh, or this person's even 20 years in, what would you tell them? I would say um, when it's looking at changing your business plan or your model or your goal, whatever you, your vision um, invest 9% of your gross, excuse me, of your net revenue on the previous year. 9% of that goes into new expansion. If you cannot make that 9% return in one year, get out. I like it. I like it. His name is Jay Hill. Thanks for being on here. Hey, Damien, thank you for having me.
I appreciate you going through all the effort. He had to go to a, had to go to a Walmart parking lot to get a signal. His name is Jay Hill, and this is the Do Business Better podcast. Check it out on YouTube. Check it out wherever you listen to your podcast. And also, if you haven't picked up my book yet, Do Business Better, please do so. It's available on Amazon. It's also available at DamianMason.com. Until next time, it's the Do Business Better. If you enjoyed this episode of Do Business Better, please share it. And be sure to connect with Damien on LinkedIn, like his Facebook fan page, and follow him on Instagram and Twitter. For speaking inquiries or to purchase Damien's books, Food Fear and Do Business Better, go to DamienMason.com. Know someone who'd make a great guest? Send us a message. We're always looking for compelling stories and business lessons our listeners can benefit from. Thank you. Thank you.